welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Taste Sequetmuk territory within the unceded traditional lands of Squatgulu. And Joe, mm-hmm. the text we're looking at today, Lumberjanes, takes place um, somewhere, somewhere in America, but also <laughs> mm-hmm. in like the Not? cosmos. So yes. no territorial acknowledgement today, although we do have an indigenous protagonist. So we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the episode. Mm hmm. Yeah, Lumberjanes is, interestingly enough, our second foray into, uh, well, in this case, we have to acknowledge that one of the creators has transitioned, and therefore, mm-hmm. we will refer to them by their new name. So one of the creators is N.D. Stevenson. And this is kind of fun to revisit the world that they have created, because it does feel like a successor of sorts to Nimona, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the creative team here are people we've actually encountered other places too. So we have Shannon Waters, Grace Ellis, Brooklyn A. Allen, as you said, and Dee Stevenson. And then as the series progresses, we see Kat Lay and Faith Aaron Hicks emerge. Um, you know, these are folks who have worked on other comic series that we've talked mm-hmm. about. They've definitely come up, you know, back when we used to do homework, you know, whether it's the Archie series or some standalone graphic novels. These are folks who are really (laughs) working in the field. But I think that Lumberjanes, um, which started in 2014, was a real launch pad for like just a pretty phenomenal group of talents, whether it's in drawing or writing or both. Mm -hmm. And we were talking off air before we started recording about how the series really changed and evolved, especially in its aesthetics, right? Like the way that these characters are drawn, the colors, the shading, like, I think a lot of the covers, like the cover art always went for a slight similarity so that readers would recognize it and the characters would feel familiar. But when you actually dig into individual issues, and you know, we're looking at the first three comics of this series, even between volume one and volume two, there's a huge stark difference. Yeah, and it's it's a good thing in many ways because it keeps the art really fresh. If you haven't checked in with Lumberjanes in a while, which is possible, it goes to volume 20. Um, and, and volume 20 was released as a trade paper in 2021. The series itself wrapped up in single issues at the end of 2020. So, mm. you know, this is a comic that had a very long run. And the the willingness of the creators to invite new voices in, both as writers and as artists, I think is a real strength. Um, yes. But it can also be a wee bit disorienting if you're trying to read <laughs> a bunch of issues at once, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I didn't mind it for this episode because I had already read these volumes. So it was a bit like just reminding myself, okay, what is the premise? Who are the girls? What are the adventures like? And so on. But But I think back in the day, I tried to read, I haven't completed the series, I think I got up to about volume 12 or 13. And I think I realized I was behind. So I had just gotten maybe two or three out at a time. 
And these adventures are a lot of fun. There are a lot of high energy kind of antics and shenanigans, but they can also be very overwhelming. Like I don't (laughs) actually encourage folks to read more than one volume at a time because it can be just a lot. It can. And we should also acknowledge that there are also a series of standalone, both original graphic novels and novel novels um, that go Mm -hmm. along with the series. So the novels are written by Mariko Tamaki with Brooklyn Allen (gasps) adding art to them. Yeah, I know, right? That's like a greatest hits for our show. (laughs) (laughs) See previous episode, banned books number two. Those came out from 2017 to 2019. And then there's also original standalone graphic novels by Lila Sturgis and Poulternick. And those came out from 2018 to 2020. So like, there's a lot to get into in this world. And I will say, if you find the art and design of the regular Lumberjane series a little bit chaotic, which I have to confess Mm -hmm. I do. Like, it's a lot Mm -hmm. of bright colors. It is. The original graphic (laughs) novels are nice because they are, uh, they're done in monochromatic pastels. Each one's a different color. And so it's a very different way to revisit these characters drawn by, of course, an entirely different artist than the main series. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to get into Lumberjanes, but maybe we should talk a bit about what it is mm-hmm. right what, five minutes okay. in yeah you want to tell people what we're actually talking about sure, sure yeah sure fine 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 okay so um the the series lumberjanes is set at a summer camp and i'm gonna try to get the whole name joe because i don't think okay. i've ever actually said it out loud so it's mm-hmm. miss quinzella thisquin penequiqui thistle crumpets camp for hardcore lady types which i love and it focuses on the five main scouts who share the roanoke cabin this is joe Mm -hmm. april molly mal and ripley they become closer and closer as the series progresses but they also become more individualized as characters as well There are basically three adults in this world. Jen is the Roanoke cabin leader. I guess she's not really an adult. She's in high school, but she seems (laughs) very adult compared to our middle school girls. Yes. We have Rosie, who is the camp scoutmaster, and uh, she's intense and very Mm -hmm. cool. And, um, And then we have Bear Woman, who, as the series progresses, we discover was the scoutmaster before Rosie. Although how that Mm -hmm. transition took place, we don't really know. And Mm -hmm. it's important that we note that there's a bear woman as one of the main characters, because this world is very happy to dabble in um, the mythological, the supernatural, supernatural. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like the idea of a character transforming into a bear, for example, totally straightforward. And in fact, one of my favorite things about the overall arc of the series going all the way to volume 20 is that one of our characters who expresses in the very first volume that she wants to kind of be at one with the woods gets that arc taken care of by the end of volume 20, which I only realized when I read back the issues for today's episode, Joe. So basically, it's an adventure series. They just have mostly standalone adventures with some Mm -hmm. through line plots they're all centered around earning a particular badge although i kind of feel like that falls away as the series progresses Okay. okay but my favorite thing is that it's an overtly feminist series oh yeah and in a way that is fun right like Mm -hmm. they curse using 
names of famous <laughs> women. So, like, my favorite one is what the Joan Jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of middle grade girls knowing all of these feminist icons. <laughs> it actually, in some ways, this series reminds me a lot of our live action adaptation of Babysitters Club, right? Where mm. it's all about the powerful bonds of female friendship at an age where the girls aren't girls but they're also not women yet and the most important thing for them is being there for each other going on adventures uh you know gently circumventing responsibility and adulthood but also learning very valuable life lessons i thought you were gonna like bust into a britney spears song there for a second <laughs> that's when i Uh, no. Although it wouldn't be completely out of place in Lumberjanes in some ways. It's very true. And one thing that's worth noting is there's a real attention to uh, diversity here. Mm -hmm. So the characters come from diverse backgrounds. We also have uh, diversity of sexualities and gender presentations. And mm -hmm. it's um, interesting in this setting that is sort of uh, traditionally archetypically feminine. We sometimes see flashbacks to what the Lumberjanes camp was like before Rosie took over, mm -hmm. where it was about like, you know, being trained to be ladylike and how different it right. is now. Um, but that there's all this space for the characters to explore in a very middle grade appropriate way. Mm hmm different feelings and thoughts about sexuality and gender presentation in a way that feels just really warm and like safe. I really love that about this series. Yeah, there's such a casual inclusivity and diversity here. It doesn't feel shoehorned in. Even if you happen to hit up the Wikipedia description of each of the girls, you'll quickly identify that, okay, yeah, we've got an indigenous character, we've got a Korean character, we've got an half Mexican character. Yeah, we've got representation from the queer community in two of the girls. But also Joe, the indigenous character has two gay dads and so on. And, you know, as I was reading this and thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I just kept thinking, this book is a Republican's worst nightmare. <laughs> like it's dominated by girls and women who are assertive who are smart who are capable under duress and yet also we've got all of these people mixing and mingling from different backgrounds and so much sexual acceptance you're just like oh wow frankly i'm surprised that we don't cover this on something like our banned book series because i i'm shocked that people haven't tried to get lumberjanes completely banned yeah, I know, especially because, um, yeah, I think casual, the word used there is like the exact right word for the way inclusion is done here. One thing that happens in the next volume of the series is that we find out that one of the girls is trans, and that too is just taken as like, uh, mm -hmm. girls are girls in whatever form they present themselves, in whatever form they find themselves, mm -hmm. and it's a very... I don't want to say easy because the character's arc isn't particularly easy, but this idea of how welcome this community is, even while they acknowledge that the world outside of Lumberjanes is not always kind, right? So we yeah. know, for example, one of our characters, Molly, is like 
She's not eager to get back to the real world. She has a bit of a rocky relationship with her family, and mm-hmm. she she really needs the community of Lumberjanes to kind of hold her up, and she worries about what will happen when the summer ends, right? Lucky mm-hmm. for her, this summer is like six years long. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that idea of like, this place is safe, mm-hmm. and it's a safe place from which we attack the world beyond, both emotionally and you know, when there's literal monsters, which mm-hmm. there always are. Yeah, yeah, but it's so funny, right? Because there's even a safety in those conflicts. Like, the girls are constantly getting into life or death situations. <laughs> you know, they're almost always going over waterfalls or nearly going over waterfalls or falling into abysses or encountering hordes of three-eyed foxes and so on. And yet there's never a danger that that's going to be the thing that gets them into trouble. The thing that will get them into trouble is like, if they don't talk to one another, you know, I think at one point, Joe reveals that they have a secret and April is really upset because April considers herself Joe's best friend. And if Joe isn't confiding Mm -hmm. in her, then can she really identify as her best friend? You're just like, That is a paramount issue for a girl at this age, but I love that it is gently contrasted by the actual life or death stakes that don't matter to any of the girls. They're just like, no, this is adventure. This is a Wednesday for us. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And of course, we have always that sensibility contrasted with Jen, who as Mm -hmm. the cabin leader (laughs) is... A total type A. Jen had the choice to either go to rocket science camp or mm-hmm. come to be a leader at Lumberjanes, and she regrets her decision every single day. Um, <laughs> the girls don't make it easy for her. No, they really don't. But so because we have we have Jen as like, even though she's a teenager, she's the adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Often she's the adult in the room in comparison to the actual adult Rosie, right? Mm-hmm. As well, Jen is like the leader. So we get this character against whom our girls can kind of lovingly chafe right Right. like they're always trying to avoid jen's guidance even though jen is often the person who prevents them from dying (laughs) right yes jen is the one with the head on her shoulders who is not rushing headlong into danger like ripley who is the youngest member of the group who is so eager to go into danger that she is often thrown cannonball style (laughs) yeah Yeah, some of my favorite art sequences are Ripley being launched into battle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm also a big fan of Bubbles, whom we've not talked about. That is Molly's... Yep, Molly's hat. Yep, Molly's hat. She wears a raccoon as a hat. (laughs) I like how it's not until volume two that we find out it's a live raccoon. Mm -hmm. It's just been a hat the whole time until then. It's Uh so good. I mean, I think what we're getting at here is there's such a sense of humor and joy about this series. And I think that when it first came out, that's what I remember everybody commenting on was like, wow, this is a book series where we have, first of all, young women who Mm -hmm. are centered, feminist friendships, which are the centerpiece. Yes. Um, They rescue and save themselves. Mm -hmm. There are very few male characters who interact with this world at all and they often suck (laughs) and they often suck or are evil yes and yet the series is so joyful Mm -hmm. and i think that that joy is what so many people responded to when they first engaged with the series because 
honestly, it's just such a relief sometimes uh, to have this space. Yeah. I feel about this series very much the same way I feel about Giant Days, which we have talked mm-hmm. about before. It's a really cozy place to spend time. It is. Yeah. And and particularly revisiting these first couple of issues after a fairly prolonged absence. Like for a while, Giant Days and Lumberjanes was kind of the thing that I would do. Like you mentioned the homework episodes from back in the day. And I feel like mm-hmm. every couple of months I would just say, I'm not really reading anything new. I've just revisited Giant Days or Lumberjanes because I needed an emotional pick me up. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's what's so great about these kinds of books. It's not that they're progressive or that they're quietly feminist or that they're gentle and comfortable reads. They are all of those things, but they also feel so effortless. Like their capacity to change my mood for the better, Mm -hmm. I can't even describe how important that has been. I agree totally and i have to tell you there has been for a long time this like burbling that we were going to get a live action adaptation of the lumberjanes i don't want it i didn't want it when they announced it no i've been really nervous about it i'm really scared Mm -hmm. so i think that when disney acquired fox the live action it was adaptation got squashed yes correct and now what is in process is an animated special mm-hmm. that Andy Stevenson is at the creative helm of. So I'm less scared of it, mm-hmm. but I almost, there are some stories that live so comfortably in your head, mm-hmm. you know, that even, even as I co-host an adaptation podcast, mm-hmm. I don't know if everything in the world needs to be adapted and I'm nervous. I'm still really nervous. <laughs> Yeah, so they've gone ahead with a one-hour special, but the intention is still that there will be a main series that will be airing on HBO Max sometime in the future. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, just looking at the people who are behind it, I do feel more comfortable with it. Like, I feel like I have slightly less emotional stakes in it because I can actually really see it working well as a half-an-hour animated show and Dee Stevenson has come a long way in terms of their mm-hmm. work in visual mediums. Like, it's not just comics for them anymore. They were at the helm of she the Netflix animated show, right. which broke a lot of boundaries and made a bunch of people very uncomfortable. And by people, I mean men. And that's fantastic. <laughs> like, that show was rightfully celebrated for... I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that they do a trans-inclusion it gets labeled a twist at the end of the first season. I was using air quotes because trans people are not twists. They're just actual mm-hmm. human beings. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a natural evolution for Lumberjeans. And there's so many stories that can be mined. In a way, I'm almost hopeful that they break some new ground and don't just adapt the comics as we see them before. I do think that's probably what they'll do because they're so, they're already there, right? They're living in the ether. So why not yeah. just grab them? But and there's so many stories. So I mean, there's many. 75 single issues. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to pull from. But I'm excited and yes, a little bit trepidatious about what this will look like in a different medium. But I also think that if it has the same kind of effect that the comics had on us for potentially a whole different generation or a whole different group mm-hmm. of people who would never pick up a comic, but they will watch an HBO Max animated show, then... It's all the better. 
I'm just glad it's animated. Yeah, me too. I don't know how you would tell this story in live action because so much of it, Mm -hmm. so much of it is about shifting and transformation and magic, but you don't want effects to be the central story because the central story is the friendships, Mm -hmm. right? So as soon as you make it live action, it's all going to all be effects, which Mm -hmm. is not what I want. So I think that the fact that it's going to be a cartoon is good. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows the world to just be magical, right. period, which is what the series says, right? The series never explains like, mm-hmm. why these things happen here. I mean, there's a couple of sort of arcs that, that get at sort of understanding how the magic works and stuff, but generally you just have to accept it. Mm-hmm. And so I think an animated series makes sense because we can just go into it and accept it, which... I'm still nervous, though, John. (laughs) (laughs) I do agree with you, though, because even as we were rereading these initial issues, I think in volume one or volume two, there's a moment where April, who is the smallest member of the group, she's not the youngest, that's Ripley, but April is the shortest and the smallest, and she looks visually very different from a lot of the other girls. She's she's almost like squat and sturdy. Mm-hmm. And people, mm-hmm. of course, misjudge her and say, well, she can't have any kind of strength because she's so tiny. And then she ends up arm wrestling a stone statue. <laughs> and she's just got these absolutely monstrous arms that she can use. And, you know, she jokes it's all about leverage when she wins. But I was trying to imagine what that would look like in a live action format and what kind of actress they would cast. And it just feels like it would have been all wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. in an animated totally form, you're agree. right. Yeah, like the magic can just happen and we will accept it. I do think it'll probably end up limiting some of the audience because people will just look at it as a show for young girls. And maybe that's fine. You know, they're they're going to be the ones who are ultimately missing out. But... At the end of the day, I do think that this will also go down smoother as a result. So maybe they're limiting their audience a little bit. But I think the practicality of what animation can showcase is going to be more powerful in the long run. I agree with that. Hey, Joe, Mm -hmm. this is unrelated. But speaking of cartoons for young girls, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of buzz in my house right now because the Kate Beaton children's book uh, princess and the pony mm-hmm. has been adapted to an apple tv series that comes out this month oh really so yeah i'm just sharing that if you have apple tv it's called uh pinecone and pony and it looks adorable we're, <laughs> we're waiting for the first episode to drop here <laughs> pretty excitedly <laughs> who doesn't love kate beaton she's amazing i don't know who that is but i'm excited yes, that you're you do. excited hark a vagrant she makes the hark a vagrant con- comic you know who kate beaton is Okay. You do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm bad with names. We know this. You are. It's okay. You're allowed. I'm worse. So anyway, um, yeah, I just, I think that, you know, there's no real reason to revisit this comic right now, except that we both really like it. And it's a good reminder that you can have a diverse, welcoming story that mm-hmm. is joyful, that is fun, that is action-y, mm-hmm. that is exciting, and that the choice to make a set of characters more inclusive or more representative of real life it doesn't have to be like a a limiting factor and these characters don't have to live tragic life stories to tell interesting stories and i think i think lumberjeans does a really good job of making that explicitly clear Mm -hmm. 
I fully agree with that. And my general takeaway from this is not just what you said, but also if folks are looking for a just super casual, easy read as we head further into spring slash summer, then Lumberjanes is one of those like, oh, I can take this to the park and just be delighted. Mm -hmm. Like it's such an easy, fast read. And yeah, big old smile on your face. If you have small people in your life of any size or age, they really love reading along with <laughs> with these stories. And they pretty much can. Mm-hmm. There's peril, but it's really joyful, brightly colored peril. So it's all it's good. It's true. Yeah. But Joe, mm-hmm. speaking of things that aren't quite so brightly colored, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to know where we're going next week? Oh, we're going to the afterlife, Brenna. Oh, Lord. I honestly thought we already read this book what is the book that we read that seems to have a very similar premise and similar title when i that one is before i fall before we are not reading that because we've already covered that that was episode four back in the day no we're gonna read if i stay which appears to be entirely different uh yeah i would actually (laughs) say that this one is more successful so i've seen this movie and i think i've read the book Although you're right, it's very easy to confuse the two because it's about a teen girl who has to decide whether or not she's going to move on after she dies or if she can stay and I think affect the the lives of the people that she's left behind. So, yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, anyway, so that's where we're going next week. Um, and if you are reading ahead, thinking about book club. Hmm. You should be reading the, frankly, very quick read, Go Ask Alice by Anonymous. I I know I've already said this, Joe, but I'm very excited to get into this conversation. I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm intrigued. So folks, you're coming up on the deadline. That's the next episode after If I Stay. So if you have any responses, we need them in by May 19th, please. So yeah, if you want to get those thoughts in, uh, long form is hkhspod at gmail.com. Shorter thoughts can come at hkhspod on the Twitters or the hashtag hkhspod. Joe, if they want to find you to reminisce about Lumberjanes and or Giant Days, <laughs> where do they find you? You could reach me at V still on my remote and that's the letter B. See, I don't always send them with horrible things, Joe. And I'm true. at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And yeah, until next time. I will see you on the page, Joe. Yeah, and I will see you on the HBO Max animated screen. 